Welcome to Cases and Controversies, a Supreme Court podcast by Bloomberg Law. I'm Kimberly Robinson. And I'm Jordan Rubin. So the Supreme Court on Monday will kick off its last argument sitting for the term. Uh, That's going to happen on April 18th. Before we get to those cases, though, Jordan, it appears that Justice Thomas may be back on the bench for arguments this month. He participated remotely during the last sitting after being hospitalized for an infection. We didn't hear any news from his chambers on how he's doing, but we did hear from, let me check my notes here, Georgia Senate candidate Herschel Walker. Um, What? Yeah, so... As you mentioned, we had been kind of wondering what Justice Thomas had been up to after he was hospitalized with an unspecified illness. He'd been phoning into arguments. We did get a clue, as you alluded to, when a photo started making the rounds on Twitter of Thomas with Republican Senate candidate in Georgia, Herschel Walker. That's probably what you know him as, Kimberly. A lot of other people know him as a great football player. But anyway... This photo is actually taken at the Supreme Court. There was an event for the Horatio Alger Association, which Walker got an award from. Thomas is an honorary member of the board. The Supreme Court's been closed, but there have been a few events like this one. And, of course, really the context of all of this is this is coming after criticism of Thomas's wife, Ginny's texts coming out with Trump White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows about overturning the election in Trump's favor, leading to calls for Thomas to recuse from these cases after he had ruled for the Republican side based on the appearance of impropriety. So raised this question of what, if anything, is Thomas going to do to respond? And instead, in this photo, we saw him going in a different direction, appearing with this Republican Senate candidate who had promoted the same or similar conspiracy theories as Ginny Thomas has about Trump really winning the 2020 election. So we hadn't heard from Thomas in a while, and this is apparently what he's been up to. Right. So I'd expect him to be back on the bench on Monday. I think it's important to say that, you know, he wasn't, Walker wasn't there in his capacity as a Senate candidate. Um, he It was part of an award he was receiving from a nonpartisan group who's recognized other people. But still, I think you're right that, you know, put back to back with all these other controversies, it's definitely one that's going to Um, one that's kind of going to add fuel to the fire. Uh, Should we move on to the cases? Since, I mean, this is a sneak peek after all. Sure. So starting off on Monday, we have U.S. against Washington. This case involves a federal challenge to a Washington state workers' compensation law. The law applies to federal contract workers doing radioactive cleanup at a federal site. The federal government says the state law discriminates against the feds without congressional authorization. So the justices will be looking to sort out that state-fed conflict. And one wrinkle that's developed is that the state says the case is now moot in light of a new law that changed the challenged law. So that could be something to look out for at the argument as well. And second on Monday, Kimberly, what do we have? We have Siegel versus Fitzgerald. This is a constitutional case that involves bankruptcy. Neat. We don't get a lot of those. Uh, The case involves the 2010 bankruptcy of Circuit City stores. Do you remember these, Jordan? Remember Circuit City's short-lived 
existence in our world. As it turns out, since the 1980s, the bankruptcy courts have been operating on this kind of dual system in which most states, 48, are run by the U.S. trustee program, while two states, Alabama and North Carolina, are overseen by the Judicial Conference, which is the judiciary's policymaking body. Totally makes sense, right? You would definitely want that to be the case. Uh, so the debtors here claim that you know, the difference in systems led to them paying more in these fees to support the U.S. trustee program. And we're talking about more than half a million dollars in 2018 alone. So they say that if they were in these so-called administrative districts rather than in these trustee districts, uh, that they would have paid less. So a lower court said that the amendments to this dual scheme that led to the higher fees for the debtors violated the Constitution's uniformity clause. And now I know everybody already knows what the uniformity clause is, but for the sake of completion, um, this clause authorizes Congress to, quote, make uniform laws on the subject of bankruptcies throughout the United States, with uniform being the key key term here. Uh, but that ruling of the lower court was overturned by the Fourth Circuit, which said that the amendments were just fine and didn't violate the Constitution. Uh, but the Second and Tenth Circuits have gone the other way, teeing up a classic circuit split for the justices to resolve. All right. And then once they get done with all that on Tuesday, they're going to start off with George against McDonough. This is a veterans benefits case affecting whether people can reopen older claims. It stems from a claim the VA denied back in the 70s, but it turns out that was based on the agency's interpretation of a law that a court later invalidated for contradicting the text of the law. So the question at the court is whether the agency's reliance on that invalid interpretation was clear and unmistakable error, which would allow the claim to be reopened. And then, Kimberly, on the second case on Tuesday, you're going to be delving onto the criminal side. Um, sort of. So I think Tuesday can properly be dubbed the courts are people today. And that's because in this case, we're also dealing with a court that made a mistake. Um, so Kemp versus United States is a criminal case, as you said, but it involves the rules of civil procedure. Yes, I said that right. Civil, not criminal procedure. In particular, it involves rule 60B, every lawyer's favorite, which allows a losing party to seek relief from a final judgment because of legal error or some other equitable reasons, fraud, things like that. The idea being that, you know, if courts get get it wrong or if they were somehow defrauded, those judgments shouldn't be allowed to stand. Uh, but there are certain statutory deadlines for filing these cases. And the question for the justices is whether a mistake of law by a court falls under 60B1, which authorizes relief based on a mistake and has a one-year statute of limitations, or if it falls under 60B6, a catch-all provision that must only be brought within, quote, reasonable time. So the case centers on Dexter Kemp, who was convicted of a drugs and firearm offense. He sought a motion to vacate his conviction under a different statutory law, uh, 28 U.S.C. 2255, but the district court said he'd made his request too late. The Kemp says that the court erred in calculating that deadline for his 2255 motion, and he filed another motion, this one under 60B. See, we're getting to it now. Um, unfortunately for Kemp, the lower court said that too, surprise, was filed too late. Uh, and so it'll be up to the Supreme Court to decide whether 60B1 and its one-year statute of limitations or 60B6 with its more equitable uh, kind of time limit 
prevails. And again, just want to say that whatever court rule the court comes up with, it's going to apply in both civil and criminal cases, just the way that these these kind of come up through the courts. The last day, Wednesday. So uh, this last case, Vega, it deals with the famous Miranda warnings from the 1966 case that a lot of people are probably familiar with from cop shows and movies. Do you even know the Miranda rights? Yes. Let's hear them then. <laughs> Go ahead. It's four declamatory sentences followed by a question for a total of 57 words. Okay. Uh, it's, look, it obviously starts with, you have the right to remain silent. I know you've heard this before. And, and then, um, it, it, I think it sounds something like, uh, well, the thing, the, yeah, you, oh, right. You have the right to remain an attorney. Did you say that you have the right to be an attorney? You do have the right to be an attorney if you want to. The question here actually comes up in the civil context, even though this is a criminal type of situation that people think of it as. The question is whether plaintiffs can sue officers who fail to give those warnings. The justices granted an appeal from law enforcement on that question. The plaintiff says the cops and their supporters are trying to overturn the constitutional foundation of Miranda. And so even though this is coming up in the civil context, it's going to have a lot of implications, not just for whether people can bring these suits, but really for what the Miranda right actually is. The justices are going to have to be grappling with that to figure out how it applies in the civil context. So going to be some big implications for the future of that Miranda right. Right. When you were explaining Miranda gives you the right to be silent, I always I always remember the Supreme Court, the recent Supreme Court ruling where it says you do have the right to be silent, but if you want to invoke that right, you must not be silent. Um, which makes total sense to me. Yes, as all criminal law does. <laughs> anyway, that's going to do it for this week. Uh, you can follow along with all the latest Supreme Court news at news.bloomberglaw.com. You ever thought to yourself, how is that legal? Why is that legal? You ever seen a big trial in the news and wondered, what's really happening there? Have you ever pondered the question, why are lawyers the way that they are? And how much money do they really make anyway? These are the things we live and breathe at On The Merits, Bloomberg Law's weekly legal news podcast. On The Merits looks into the biggest stories playing out in the legal industry right now, and we feature the finest journalists covering the biggest legal stories from across the Bloomberg Law newsroom. On The Merits is hosted by me, David Schultz, and you can hear it wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening.